revealing itself above all as physical and verbal, the evidence of the body of metamorphosis. back. This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 150, in which we will continue reading The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava. If this is your first time seeing me, or your first time hearing one of these Padmasambhava episodes, feel free to click here. If you're on YouTube, then you see me pointing to a link. Um, that will take you to the Padmasambhava playlist, where uh, you can start with Canto number one. Today we're starting with Canto, or we're just going to read Canto 10. So they're sort of like chapters or chants, but they're in English, translated into English, um, with thanks to the people in the credits at the beginning of the episode. Special guest today... Padmasambhava and the gang. In this case, the five Dhyani Buddhas. Now, if you took one look at these five Dhyani Buddhas and said to yourself, wait a minute, that is not Ratnasambhava. You can tell by the plant next to him, that is Medicine Buddha. Not all Buddhas who do this are Ratnasambhava. If, if that indeed was your first thought, then you already know more about Buddhist iconography than exotic India Productions Incorporated Accessories, LLC, Limited, or whatever, whatever it is. Because um, that's where I, what, that's where I got this. But we can pretend it's Ratnasambhava. Uh, those with sharp eyes can see Ratnasambhava up here in the south. Of course. How is everybody? Um, just a couple very briefly new things um, on the website, uh, edwardreeb.com. You can find uh, the new Padmasambhava section. Uh, it's, I'm marking it as Chapter 6, Padmasambhava, even though it's kind of happening at the same time as Chapter 5, every 10 episodes of Tipitaka. We um, go from pre-sectarian early Buddhism to Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhism. Um, take a little break from the old rules for 6th century BCE monks in uh, Buddha's original order and uh, read a bit of, of The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava by Yeshitsogyo. So um, that's what's happening today. That's everything. Um, oh, also, there's a podcast. I decided to go ahead and make a podcast called Padmasambhava. You can find it there on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or, indeed, wherever you find your podcasts, your preferred podcasting platform, if you will. 
And I did trim out a little bit of the excess rambling at the beginning of episode one and two for the audio only for the podcast. But if you go to that playlist I pointed to earlier, it's, it's visual too. So it's a little bit more worth it to see what's going on because there's a lot of antics and paintings of pillars and things like that going on. That pillar specifically, this one in the second one. All right, let's get to it. Canto 10. The Conversion of the Kingdom of Megavat by the Possessor of the Two Doctrines. Thereupon Padma, the body of metamorphosis, manifesting in the world of man, considered in the territory to be converted the king of Megavat. This king and his contemporary, Nam She Tsai Chod, seeker of Vijnana, were converted by the threefold perfection. Then, after Vairokana, at the time of the warrantor of the world, as the Mantrapala Pagjor Yeshi, knowledge of the conjunction of signs, Padma again manifested the body of metamorphosis. And as Ratnakirti manifested the body of fruition. Dunpo Perching, furious dagger drawn, was converted when Padma's body of metamorphosis became visible high in the heavens. And Donjor Jugsid, ardent one who urges union, was converted by Padma's manifestation of the body of fruition. Rahu, similarly, was converted by a solar manifestation of the body of metamorphosis. The three worlds were converted by an omni-salvational manifestation of the body of fruition. Brahma, was converted by the body of metamorphosis, appearing immaculately. And Vaiduria, by the body of fruition, appearing royally. The head of the Vignas, Odgi Chog, excelling light. And those contemporary with the two manifestations were also converted, revealing itself above all as physical and verbal, the evidence of the body of metamorphosis is tranquility of the senses, gentleness, a peaceful heart, quietness, and the holy perfection. Exerting the threefold activity, 
the evidence of the body of fruition places on the road of encounter anyone who has not yet rejected the five poisons. It has as its fivefold mass the five families to express the formulas. And as immutable mind, the exceeding insight of the plane of essence, six classes of beings being supposed, it is the vehicle of the sun. Three classes of beings being supposed, it represents the exterior formulas. Five classes of beings being supposed, it represents the esoteric formulas. At the same time, since these beings were reflecting on virtue, desire decreased. Elsewhere, in the four elements, earth, water, fire, and wind, in the Kamaloka, desire arises by itself. To begin with, the look incites to desire. From the exchange of a glance come joy and delight. Then the laugh incites to voluptuousness. With great satisfaction, each laugh at the other. Then joining hands incites to desire. By holding hands, each presses the other. When the arteries and nerves become altogether agitated, the embrace of male and female incites to desire. Because of the four desires, the four elements come together. Because of the look, a clear reflection in the watery element and moist seed, cause spontaneous generation to ripen beneath the water. When, with the laugh, the windy element rises and vibrates, the wind's virtue and the seed bring about birth from a womb. With the pressure of the hands and the clutching of bodies that clutch the earth, the earth's body is born from an egg. <clears throat> Two embracing, giving rise to the element fire and heat. Birth occurs from the moisture of a stirred seed. Emerging from the four desires, Beings are scattered over the four continents. All those in Purva Videha are born by apparition. Those in Jambudvipa in the south 
are born from a womb. Those in Aparagodana are born of an egg. Those in Uttarakuru are born, are born of moisture. As a result of the look, desire arises for 100 years. As a result of the laugh, for 60 years. Following the joining of hands, for 50. Two embracing results in the four desires being brought to their culmination. First, the feeling of love perfects the glance. Then, the spreading smile perfects the laugh. And similarly, the grasped hands perfects the intertwining with the caress, the gate of sex reaches contiguity and the embrace will consummate the voluptuous desire. Thus, the doctrine which is accompanied by wisdom converts the sons and daughters. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the guru of Udiyana, Padmasambhava, this is the tenth canto, the conversion of the kingdom of Megavat by the possessor of the two doctrines, sealed oaths. <clears throat> well, that was interesting. Um, it reminded me quite a bit of uh, the symbol of the Nam Chu Wang Den, this one here. Um, I'll just read this uh, document to you. Nam Chu Wang Den in terms of the realms of external worlds. The outer Kal Chakra relates to the physical world, including the planets and constellation of stars, and the ten letters are associated with different aspects of the physical world. Yah, the heavy green color, is a symbol of the wind element, which originates from the emptiness. It is a symbol of the wind mandala, the substratum of the universe. Ra, the red color, is a symbol of the fire element, which originates from the heat of the forceful collisions of the winds arising from every direction of the wind mandala. Va, the white color. Above that is a symbol of the water mandala, which originates from the descent of the continuous rain of the dense clouds in the sky produced by the heat of the fire mandala. La, the yellow color. Above that is a symbol of earth mandala, 
which originates from the division into a triad of the greatest, middling, and inferior universes that occurs because of the churning by wind of that great mass of water. Ma, colorful, says here, above the preceding group of components is a symbol of the desire realm. Ksa, the light green color, above that is a symbol of the realm of subtle form. Ha, blue color, above that is a symbol of the formless realm. These three are symbols of the realms of the animate contents of the external so-called container world. Visarga, white color, is a symbol of the moon mandala. Bindu, red color, is a symbol of the sun mandala. Nada, blue color, is a symbol of the planet Rahu. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the planet Rahu is actually one of the nodes. Um, it's the intersection where the sun and the moon paths intersect. And when they arrive at that point at exactly the same time, then it's an eclipse. Um, so yeah, by planet Rahu, they don't mean a literal planet. They mean one of the nodes. I'm not sure if it's the North node or the South node right now. Forgive me. I'll look that up and get back to you later. Okay. Um, now here is Nam Chu Wangden in terms of realms of the inner Kal Chakra. So that all was like the external macrocosm. This is our microcosm, if you will. The internal Kal Chakra, the city of the adamantine body, is formed with a nature of progressive stacking. This is the same way that external objects come into being. Thus, the nature of the coming into being of the both, the internal and external Kalchakra, are established as essentially identical. As above, so below, microcosm, reflection of macrocosm. Anybody seeing any um, vague correlations between this and Western esoterica? Comment below. The microcosmic mirror of the universe, all that. Anyway, you documents. Uh, the aspects of the ten letters that comprise the stack of letters in the monogram can be correlated with the internal Kalchakra, the city of the adamantine body. Firstly, the fluctuations of karmic winds cause the parents to come together and copulate. Therefore, the just take a moment to visualize your parents, sorry. Therefore, the letter Yah at the bottom of the stack is a symbol of the wind element. Ra above that is a symbol of the fire element and refers to the heat of desire present when the parents copulate. Make love, if you will, if you're not familiar with that word. Um, Va above that is a symbol of the water element and refers to the ejaculation of semen 
due to the intensity of the heat of desire during the copulation of the two parents. Law. Above that is a symbol of the earth element and refers to the fetus becoming hard and obstructive when the parent's regenerative fluids fuse in the womb. This is how the progressively stacked mandalas of elements are correlated with the internal Kalchakra, the city of the adamantine body. Ma, above that, is a symbol of the basic constituent of the grouping of the six sensory consciousness, tactile, olfactory, auditory, gustatory, visual, and mental sense perceptions. Ksa, above that, is a symbol of the basic constituent of the fulfillment of all of the aggregates, psychophysical bases of perception and sense spheres. Ha, above that, is a symbol of the basic constituent of the empty space of the openings on the exterior and interior of the body, the pathways through which bodily strength, excrement, and so forth travel. Visarga, above that, is a symbol of sentient beings' life force and right lateral channel. Bindu is a symbol of sentient beings' heat and left lateral channel. Nada is a symbol of the wind and mind and the central lateral channel. So there you have it. Kind of interesting. Don't know if that's exactly a one-to-one -one correspondence with the, uh, the canto we just read. But now I can listen to this episode, even as you listen to this episode, and uh, make notes and see about that. Um, if you're interested, I will go ahead and post a link to uh, the PDF that I was just reading from that uh, was sent to me by my friend sharing in Bhutan and uh, in the, the web page connected with this episode or uh, in the description below for those on YouTube. So if you learned something today and you haven't already, um, this is a new channel, not the same one that you subscribed to if you subscribed to Buddhist Books Podcast more than four episodes ago. Uh, do take a moment and just check, just, you know, scroll down a little, see if you're subscribed. And if not, go ahead and click that subscribe button and I will be very grateful. Um, but either way, thank you, uh, Lord Padmasambhava, Guru Rinpoche, for your presence, your teachings, and thank you to the five Dayani Buddhas, representing the five Buddha families. And um, that has been your Vajrayana Minute. We'll get back to the uh, pre-sectarian early Buddhism for the next episode of Buddhist Books Podcast, but if you are on the Padmasambhava Podcast, then in the very next episode you will hear will be um, part seven, in which we'll read Canto 11. So um, there you have it. 
And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. As always, I will close with the prayer that my father and I used to perform at the closing of our Nyingma Buddhist sort of uh, meditations that we did in the morning. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.